Welcome back to the No Business Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Brink, uh, joined by my partner in crime, Zach Leahy. What's going on, Zach? How are you? Nothing much, man. Just got home from work, pretty tired, but psyched to do this podcast with you, man, as always. Hell yeah. Um, how was your last week? We haven't talked in a while. Um, I think the one big thing that happened to me this past week is that I bought a brand new car, my first actual brand new car that I bought myself, so that's pretty exciting. Um, nice. What do you got, been... a, a Beetle, a smart car? Uh, you know... You know, Priuses are very safe and good for the environment, but uh, oh I went. God. But I went with a nice 2018 Honda Civic, nice, reliable, good mileage. You know, oh, nice stuff like that. But been jamming out on the Apple CarPlay, which has been a real steal. And three three months of Sirius XM, so oh, you know me on the blend. You know, six channel sixteen, the blend, always on that. But uh, you mean you're blasting um, the podcast? Ooh. Uh, sure yeah all right well, um, it's our show it's uh, gonna do it for uh, us this week uh, thanks for tuning in we're just gonna go no, no free <laughs> no free no free ads even for us um, <laughs> no one's safe uh, <laughs> no, yeah no one's safe here that's fine um but we d- i did have a killer saturday night um Ooh, do tell uh, me and uh, the group of friends that when you were when you were still in jersey that we used to go out with Damn, we went to yeah, we went to the good old uh, Standard. Obviously, you're very familiar with that establishment. We uh, got there around 11 and started downing those $2 well drinks that yeah. are most famous until midnight. So um, our one friend, Desmond, actually um, got pretty drunk early. And we're sitting there, and he's looking very angry. And I'm wondering why. And I'm looking around to see like maybe if it was a person, which it was. It was a person he almost got in a fight with over a girl oh, uh, a couple of weeks prior and the dude was kind of bigger was bigger than him so i'm like desmond calm down but you know how drunk desmond gets when sure when he gets angry too so i i would put my money on him in a fight yeah you know what actually the, the reach when they first like like were butting heads about this girl he was holding his hands up being like hit me dude hit me like trying oh, to get him God. to force him in so he get kicked out but even the guy's buddy came in like after he had left and was like dude he had no shot like you're you're good like nothing's wrong but desmond was heated so that definitely made it more interesting but you know just security have to jump in uh during the fight yeah to bring the other guy out yeah desmond was literally just standing there just minding his own business dancing with this guy's girl so i mean desmond's a sly motherfucker (laughs) what a savage seriously so how'd your week go man uh it was good um a lot of shiz for the podcast, uh, pushing that, editing, all the works that comes with that. Um, had a job interview actually uh, the other day, which went Ooh. really, really well. Um, so good, nice with that. Um, did another painting for the first time in like friggin' months, and that felt amazing. Oh my God, back on the ground. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly. Um, Damn, where's my pain, dude? You promised me a pain a while ago. Why don't you paint these, dude? <laughs> Anyway. Okay, continue. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's pretty much all I had. Um, so without further ado, uh, we won't hold you up any longer. Uh, our interview this week is with Neo Zambis, a financial advisor based in New Jersey. Um, we had an amazing chat with him, learned a hell of a lot. Uh, so we hope you enjoy that. Here you go. All right. Joining us on the podcast now, we have Neo Zambis. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute honor to be here. <laughs> the pleasure's all ours. Zach, do you want to start? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, I heard Zach, Zach claims to be the host of the show, so I guess it that would make sense. Ooh, that was that was my first question, actually. Who who do you think's the host of this podcast, Jordan or me? Honestly, from listening to the podcast, I'm I'm a little bit confused, to be to be quite honest. How so? I just there's there was some back and forth. Wasn't sure what what I was what I was you know the information that was coming through my speaker couldn't really tell. Uh, I think Zach said he had some sort of qualification. I don't know, Jordan. Do you have that? No. Uh, well, I am still not sure what a CV is. He never yeah, explained CV. that to me. But I don't think that qualifies anyone to be a podcast host. I think it's just like 
first come first serve. Like, and I, I obviously, if you watch or listen to the first episode, I clearly said I, I was the host. So that sort of makes me the host, I guess. So I'm not sure where oh, the confusion Neo, is coming Neo, in. Neo, I'd like, I'd like to apologize on behalf of my assistant for just kind of jumping right. out there and considering himself the host. So sorry about that. I mean, I know I'm the guest, but can I ask a question? Please do. What's a CV? It's a resume. It's a resume. <laughs> it's a resume. Yeah, my my thing was like, what are the qualifications on Jordan's resume that you know makes him the host of this you podcast? Know my I, my ha- last three yet, employers. Like, that has nothing to do with the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to. I want to know. Like, have you been involved with media okay, before? Yes, before I'm this? very proficient in Microsoft Excel. You know, PowerPoint. <laughs> Thank Word. you. Technical skills. That's what we want to know. That's what the people want to know. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, I want I want you to be an expert in Photoshop and Adobe InDesign and Illustrator okay. to be the right. well, podcast. I'm not. I never said you were. I just want to see a certificate saying that you're an expert. Okay, well, I don't have it with me, so I'm going to have to get it. But we're in an interview right now, so I can't do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what's funny, Zach. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> anyway, joining us on the podcast is Neo Zambis. Neo, hello, welcome. Hello Thanks for being here. Once again, thank you for having me. I'm very excited <laughs> to be here. We're excited to have you. Well, thank you, Neo. Um, how about uh, tell our tell our audience um, how you de- how you developed your passion for finance? All right, good question. Good question. So, I mean, I actually, I'll... sorry to jump in before you answer that. Uh, why don't you explain to Zach and I, as well as our listeners? what exactly your title is and what you do right right that's how i was going to start off so so right Right. now i work at a wealth management firm it's called international planning alliance and what i do there my title is a financial specialist or or what you may have heard more often is a financial advisor so really I, i take a holistic view at people's finances and then from there i kind of advise on what might be the best uh, idea for them to invest in or the best thing for them to put their their money into um, to balance out both you know the risky investments that they want to make but also make sure that they're they're stable in some other aspects so everyone's different every person that I speak to should have a different financial plan but that's basically what I do in, in a very concentrated sentence <laughs> interesting um, so what and Forgive me if this sounds ignorant, but what exactly is the difference between so then something like that, a financial specialist like that, and like, a, say, a private accountant? Right. So I can tell you that a private accountant can make recommendations for a certain, you know, investments that they want their client to make. Um, but in a lot of cases, they can't actually implement. Um, where I come in is I can make recommendations, um, but I, I can also implement on, you know, on whatever it is that I'm saying. So if I say maybe you should invest into a Roth, I can open up a Roth IRA for them. Or if maybe I say you should invest in some stocks or I recommend something like that, then I can do that as well. Whereas um, a private account typically doesn't hold the licenses required to do that or doesn't have, you know, any licenses required to do whatever recommendation it is that they're making. What they can do is they can say my financial advisor or so the client can say, my financial advisor told me to do this. What do you think? And then the accountant can speak to it. Um, and that that's assuming that the accountants don't have the designations that they need to make the actual investment. So your Series 7, your Series 66, uh, you know, life and health insurance licenses, whatever it is that, that it might be um, for those specific recommendations. Hmm. Okay. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So um, you mentioned Roth IRAs. What? are those and what are the benefits <laughs> of that because i've heard that word so much in business classes in high school and i couldn't tell you the first thing about it right so so a roth ira i'm a big fan of roth iras i, I think that <laughs> everyone should should at least look into them um but the way it works so there's a traditional ira and then there's a roth ira um they're both investment accounts that correlate with the stock market however a traditional roth a traditional ira grows tax deferred meaning that if you put in $100,000 and it grows to $500,000, you still owe, owe um, capital gains tax on that $400,000 that, that grew. Um, in a Roth IRA, you pay your taxes beforehand. So the money that go in are post-tax dollars. Um, and then that money in the Roth IRA actually grows tax-free. 
So if you have $100,000 in a Roth IRA and it grows to $500,000, that that $500,000 is actually the true value of that account. Great. Yeah, That's they're great. Fantastic. I definitely highly recommend them. Zach, do you have a Roth IRA? I do not. What are you wow, doing? Do the not. Yeah, I heard that's a requirement now, so yeah. I guess I'm out. Yeah, I guess so. But don't worry, I'm going to snatch that up right right after we get off the phone, and uh, so I'll <laughs> uh, take my title reapply. back. Too little, too yeah, late, exactly. I guess. I mean... I'll, I'll put my CV in into <laughs> No Business Incorporated to uh, get my host title hey, back. shove your CV up your ass. Like, <laughs> Jeez, dude. Like, I don't understand what a CV has to do with being a podcast host. You know what? The do you know, I said it before on this podcast, the fact that you don't know is why you're not the host and my assistant. No, okay, <laughs> sorry, no, co-host. No. See, co-host. that's different. That's different because before I didn't know what a CV was. Now that I know what a CV is, I'm questioning the relevance it has to being a podcast host. Dude, I don't understand why my assistant just comes at me like that. Like, <laughs> I, you you know, call I don't, me your I don't assistant understand. One more time, I'm going to fucking fly to Jersey and kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, come out here. Okay, fine. Bet, dude. Odds, odds that you'll come out here. Odds that you'll actually get on a plane right now. All right, one, and, one and in twenty-five. Oh, okay, Neo, count us down. All right, on go. Three. Yep. Two, one, go. Fourteen. Eight. Ah. <laughs> All right, pull up. Have fun. <laughs> Neo, I, you know, I said it first, and we'll revisit the question. How did you develop your passion for finance, and like? When was like, what point in time did you know that's what you wanted to do? Right. So, I mean, my passion for finance passed just my career in finance. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it a little later on, but I, I am involved in a lot of things just in the realm of finance. But my passion for finance really started when I was, when I was young, honestly, because I really like cars and I sort of just always knew that I wanted a Ferrari and I knew that a Ferrari wouldn't just come without money. So I told myself I need to just find ways to make as much money as I can, um, you know, in the future. Obviously not when I was younger, Amen. but I just knew from a long, long time ago that I, I wanted to just actually build up my wealth over time. And I knew that I had to learn to do whatever I, I needed to do to do that. And over time, I've, I've gotten myself into plenty of different, you know, ventures to actually get to that point. And I'm definitely not at the point where I can afford a Ferrari just yet, unfortunately. But I think that I'm, I'm on the right track to being there. Um, so not just the Ferrari, just for the record, not just the Ferrari. That's not the only thing. It was definitely a driving factor. Um, oh, good one. Driving factor. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, I think from, a, from a young age, I've always known that I, I wanted to work hard. I wanted to be my own boss. And finance is kind of one of the things that I felt I needed to understand, you know, to... to a next level to really get to where I want to be. So I, you know, I, I read a lot on finance. I went to school for business, uh, not particularly finance, even though I did take finance classes. Um, I was a marketing major, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think just an understanding of finance, it, it, it should be ingrained into people's brains because there's so much that, that you can, there's so much value in understanding how your finances work. Just so much value. And I think everyone should at least take some time every year, every day, whatever it is that you prefer, and, and just take time to learn a little bit more about finance because it will only help you. I couldn't agree more. You hear it being said all the time, like, it's such a shame that they don't teach that stuff in school, you know, when you're you're a sponge at that point, just soaking up everything. Exactly. Um, invaluable lessons like that, I think, are, are worth their weight in gold, like you said. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like, the, the school systems, they're good. They, they teach you a lot for sure. But there's certain, you know, basic skills, like finance being one of them, basic skills revolving around money that they, they don't really teach that you kind of need to learn on your own. Um, unless, and even when you go to school for finance, if they don't learn the basic money skills that, that or don't teach, excuse me, the basic money skills that people should know. Like, well, I'm sure some people listening to this right now probably don't know or didn't know what a Roth IRA was until just now. Um, and that's just one example. I'm not saying everyone should have a Roth IRA, but just so many things. There's so many different examples of how, pe- how people don't know about finance when they should. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Just being aware to it and exposed to it 
yeah. um, can then, you know, plant the seed in their minds like, wait, maybe this is something I should actually look into more. Exactly. It can seriously benefit my uh, present and future financial uh, well-being. Exactly. The, the sooner that you understand, you know, where you're putting your dollars, you know, where your money is growing, where your money isn't growing, um, the sooner that you'll you'll be in a position where you can actually start reaching goals that you may have to be financially independent, um, you know, to, to have whatever things that you may want. Just there's so many different steps to take, so many different places to put your money. And it's just a shame that, that it's not very well known. And a lot of it's not very well known. Yeah. Even something basic like writing out a check. Exactly. I used to be a, a bank teller and you yeah. would not believe the shit that I would see on, written on these checks. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was insane. No, for, like, this is for real, that's a perfect skill. example. That's just a, 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 an example that every adult sh- should understand how to write a check. But right. You're not going to learn. If, if your parents didn't teach you, you're not going to learn in school. You're going to learn yeah. when you get a checkbook. Exactly. So, so you're going to be thrown yeah, into I mean, the fire. I've... And something like that, like, you do it wrong, that can seriously fuck you up. Yeah, and that's such a simple example. Like, there's so much yeah, more. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, could you imagine if, if they taught us, like, how to do our taxes, like, in high school? Yeah. Or, yeah. Like that? Dude, they should. They yeah. really they should. should. They should. I honestly. They really should. I only learned. Dude, anything I know about finance, anything I've learned from my dad, that's, that's like, in school. And, again, I went I went to school for business, too, and dual major. And, and again, I took finance classes. And, you again, Neo's right. You don't learn, like money like money skills like in those classes it's all equation it's yeah I don't know. the it's equations just... especially equations that that the equations that i've learned in my math classes and my finance i mean maybe my finance classes i i might use some of them but most of them are just irrelevant to me at this point exactly yeah. the one thing i can remember that stuck out this was the one equation that that did it for me net worth equals asset minus liability <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's a, Listen, that's, that's, a, that's a good one to know at least. Like at least you've learned something, but yeah. But the, you don't remember anything else, right? Right, yeah. I, and it's I, and I took like accounting to... and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't tell you anything. Uh-huh. And it's because you probably haven't needed to to actually use that cuz you're not you're not looking for a career in finance. That doesn't mean finance is, is not relevant to your life. It's relevant right. to pretty much anyone's life. At least if you're living anywhere around us in the US. I mean, there's not many places that it's not relevant. Yeah. I, and you're, you said it. Uh, I think it affects anyone, everyone in some way, whether it's directly or indirectly. Exactly. Absolutely. What does your day to day look like as a financial specialist then? Good question. Um, my day to day varies every day. Are you sorry? So, are you remote or are you you're at the firm? You said I'm both. So there's days okay. where I'll go into the office Great. for either trainings or for meetings with clients. Um, and then there's days where I'm remote and I work from home. Um, really, my, my day-to-day depends on my clients. So I'm either servicing current clients, I'm sourcing new clients, I'm either in doing one of those two or in meetings with a new client or a review meeting with like a follow-up meeting with another client that I've already had, or I'm just learning, learning how I can better understand finance for myself and for my clients. Because my end goal with the, the career that I'm in is always to just make my clients act in their own best interest so if there's something that i can understand a little bit better so that my clients can end up in a better position in the future or now then you know that's what i want to do my there's something called the fiduciary standard um and i live by who the fuck are you calling fiduciary (laughs) so (laughs) so a fiduciary standard basically means that i act in my client's own best interest um and unfortunately in the career that i'm in a lot of people don't act in their clients' best interests. There's also there's probably more that do than don't, but there's a lot that don't. And I've seen it firsthand um, where an advisor will say, yeah, do this and then, you know, or do something that that's not right for the client. And the reason they do it is because that means more commission for them or it means somehow that they'll get more money from it, you know, a bigger right. payday from it. When in reality, it's actually not in the best interest of the client at all. It'll only set them back or just there's a better option for them. So so I operate by fiduciary standard uh, and it's really kind of where I see the value, like where I see the passion coming, stemming from um, for this job is I love having a meeting with a client 
you know, implementing whatever it is that we implement. And at the end of the day, they say, you know, thank you. Like, no one's ever explained this to me the way that you just did. And, you know, they just feel more comfortable with where they're at. They can go to sleep at night knowing that their finances are in order. Uh, and they can always, you know, come to me with any questions that they might have regarding their finances. And, and that's really the best, the best feeling in this job is actually having someone say, you know, thank you. I didn't understand, understand this before. I understand it now. I just feel a lot better. We've had that happen a few times and it's just the best feeling. Yeah. That just sounds so rewarding. Yeah. Very for, rewarding. Uh, that, that peace of mind. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hope you're enjoying the interview so far. I uh, just want to let you know that this interview is brought to you by our good friends at Frank's Auto Body and Lube. Fellas, whether it's your joints, drive shaft, or dipstick, Frank is the guy you can trust to keep you nice and slick. We also service cars. Stop in for a full service today. Tell us no business sent you and receive 30% off your first quart of lube. Frank's Auto and Lube, keeping undercarriages lubed up and also servicing cars since 1977. Uh, Neo, I'm, I'm curious. Um, uh, I don't know if you listened to uh, our interview with Sanat Ali, but uh, in that interview, we talked a lot about goals and goal setting. And I'm curious about what are some of your goals that you want to accomplish maybe, I don't know, short term in the next five to 10 years. Uh, personal or, or, um, uh, either, both. either, either okay. yeah. Um, I mean, just a very general goal that I have is just to, to learn as much as possible. I think knowledge is power. So recently I've just been going to Barnes and Noble really often and picking up books and just reading them mostly books on finance, but also books on different things that interest me. Um, just anything on business, anything on e-commerce, which is something that I've taken up, uh, you know, in the past and something that I, that I think is very interesting, it's the future, like Amazon. I mean, Amazon's taking over the world. But besides just learning, um, I'd say within the next year uh, with a few partners and myself, I'd like to own a multi-unit apartment or house um, that we can rent out. So that'll be one of my first sources of rental income. Um, nice. And, and I like that a lot because it's just building residual income, you know, income that will eventually it's kind of like mailbox money is a simple term where every month you're going to get it. Obviously you have to maintain and you have to be there for your tenants. Um, you know, go fix any, any problems that the house might be having. That's one of my goals. Just right now it's one of my priority goals, honestly, is to, to own um, a home with my partners in the next year. So 2020. And I'd say a little bit longer term is I, I'd like for some, some like, one of my own businesses to take off because in addition to my career, I definitely am involved with other businesses. Um, and I think that, that those are going pretty well. And, and I, I want one of those to actually take off to the point where it's making me income because right now I don't really, I don't take income from any other ventures that I, that I'm part of. That's very noble of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wait, going going in more depth, I know the times that we've talked about your career, I know you've mentioned that you've been helping, uh, you know, advising people from your past. Um, maybe kind of go into, does that give you a little bit more like satisfaction, like with doing it about helping people that you've known for a long time? Oh, big time, big time. Uh, I won't mention any names. I'm actually not even allowed to. Just yeah, of the, course. The laws restrict me from doing so. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's not important. Uh, I think... For sure, I find more satisfaction in helping people that I know than you know strangers that I that I've met and just need the help in you know with their with their finances. Um, I actually prefer it much more because you know there are people that I care about, and the people that I care about, I want to make sure that your finances are in order. I want to make sure that you're planning properly for the future. You know, I don't want you to ever run into hiccups because you didn't understand something, because you didn't know where to put your money, where to save your money where to invest it um, and you find yourself stuck and all you have left is your 401k and you can't pull from it because if you pull from it, you're going to be impacted with income tax and capital gains tax that you didn't know you had early withdrawal taxes, you know, things that people don't think of. Like that's my job. My job is to do my job handling your finances while you do your best job doing whatever it is, whether it's only a business and running that business or a teacher. I have several teacher clients. Um, you know, that that's the goal right there. I'd rather help the people that I know than strangers, but I'm obviously willing to just help whoever I can. That's awesome. Seriously, I, I know when we've talked about it, I 
that's one thing that's always come to my mind about you helping out, you know, people from your past and people that you care about. It's honestly, uh, you know, the couple interviews that we've had, it's just about being a good human being and helping people that, you know, need help. And especially if you know them, it just makes it even better. Yeah, big time. I mean, the, these are the people that I want to help more than anyone else. It's the people that I already know, my friends, my family, you know, those are the people that I just genuinely care about. And I care about all my clients, but those are the people that I care about before I knew, before I knew these new clients. Uh, so in there, you mentioned some of your own uh, business ventures that you want to flesh out a bit more. Uh, let's dive into that. So we found one uh, called Fetch, mm-hmm. formerly known as Neobook. Right. Uh, would you care to talk about uh, talk to us about the inception of that and uh, what that's all about? Absolutely. So, uh, again, the company is called Fetch. Uh, it, it was formerly known as Neobook, like you just said. Uh, and that's a company I started I started at least planning for uh, when I was a sophomore in college. And just for reference, I, I graduated college in May of 2018. And right now we're in February of 2020. So um, it's been some time. And, and that was a, that was a that, that taught me so much and still is teaching me to this day. Um, basically, Fetch is a platform where college students can connect at their respective campuses to buy and sell items, books and other items to each other um, via a secure platform. Um, it's an app. So the company is based off of an a- application that you can download to your phone, whether it's iOS or, or Android. Um, and it, it verifies each student's email um, with their .edu email address. So, for example, if I went to TCNJ, the College of New Jersey, and somebody else went to Rutgers University, if I posted to to the app a book that I'm selling, that book wouldn't be for sale on the Rutgers platform. It would only be for sale at TCNJ. Um, and that's because we wanted to keep it secure. Uh, one of the issues that we saw with, with these buying and selling platforms is that there was this sense of insecurity where if a student wanted to buy a book, they might have to travel to some sketchy part of a random city. For me, I had to I had to travel to Philadelphia in a just a really sketchy neighborhood that I didn't know. Felt really uncomfortable walking to a stranger's home to buy a TV one time. Um, and I was thinking a way to to kind of avoid this problem is to secure it by school. So of course there can be, you know, strange people at your school, but there's a sense of sense of security. Uh, knowing that somebody is a student at the same school that you go to, you know, this is, a, it could, I don't want to say a friend because that's not the case, but it's somebody that you know from your school, that they go to your school, they have a student ID, you know, they, they visit the same buildings that you go to, they might even be in the same major as you. Um, but yeah, it's a buying and selling platform. Recently, what we've done is we've also added a feed um, similar to Twitter where you can like and dislike someone's post, uh, you can post pictures. Uh, comment on each other's photos so something we see often is people saying or just asking general questions about you know the weather that day or where to go for lunch around the area i've seen people asking what a good barber is in the area and people respond saying you know whatever they think so could be funny could be just informational like that but yeah that's pretty much the gist of it do you have any questions about it I don't know. I remember, uh, you know, when you were, I don't know if we were in college or it was in the beginning or the end of high school, but I remember you talking about like this type of venture and I'm kind of just wondering how you came up with the name for it, you know, when it was first called Neobook. Right. So, so I thought this, so I co-founded, the, I'm going to go way back here just to give you the whole backstory. Um, I, I was co-founder of the Entrepreneurship Club at TCNJ um, and one of the meetings we had it kind of just struck me like I've always known that I wanted to start a business. I wasn't sure what. And one of, in one of those meetings, one of the peop, people that we brought in founded a company or a company that was a, based off of a website to sell just books. Um, and then I kind of thought of it because that same semester, I just got done spending $950 on four textbooks. And I was thinking to myself, there's definitely there's definitely people who have these same classes or who had these same classes and have these books and have nothing to do with the books. Cause their only other option is to try to go through the hassle of selling through, 
you know, eBay, whatever it is, or, you know, let go of those apps, or they can go to the bookstore and get pennies on the dollar of what, what they paid for. So either that book is just useless, you get hardly any money back from it. Um, so I knew people who had these books just sitting around and I was thinking, there's got to be a way. There's no, there's no platform to do this. And when I did my research, I found that 2% of students, only 2%, would actually do student-to-student -student exchanges with their textbooks. And it was simply because there wasn't a, a dedicated platform to do so. Um, so that night, I kind of, I went to my dorm room. I called my dad literally that night, and I said, you know, I'm doing this. I just wanted to let you know. And then I started writing a business plan, and I started writing a business plan with my partner. Uh, my partner, his name is Aggie, and him and I met at TCNJ. He's one of the only people that I really trusted at that point at TCNJ. It was still pretty early on in my college mm -hmm. career. Uh, and we started writing a business plan, you know, doing our research, seeing if this is a feasible idea. Uh, and he was actually, actually the one who thought about the name. He was like, you got a pretty good name for this. And Neo also means new. It's like, I guess you're getting a new book, new to you, at least, even though it's probably used from another student. Um, so he thought of the name, actually. It wasn't me. And then we, 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 the reason that we rebranded is because we added new features like that feed that I told you about. And we wanted to make sure that when we expanded to different schools and different locations that the name NeoBook didn't make people think, oh, it's just for books because the value actually extends past that now. Fun That's fact, I have used NeoBook before. Really? How'd it go? Hey. Yeah. It went well. I uh, changed a book actually with um, a student. I forget the school, but a, a school in PA. It was close. It was like. 45 minutes to it was like 45 minutes away from my school and it was easy man but i used it i remember because i remember you seeing it launch when you launched it on you know through your social social media and stuff and i was like give it a try and work so thanks. i, I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate it so you had a good experience yeah great. easily it was great honestly it was super Love easy to hear that i've used it before personally several times actually i bought a keurig for like eight dollars i bought a portable charger for five Oh, so, you know, I, Gee, I, that's awesome. I had my own success on it as well. That's amazing. Yeah, to me, it sounds just like, uh, not just like, but similar to offer up, but like a million times safer and secure yeah. and better. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is similar. <laughs> like, it, it's, a, it's a platform to, to buy and sell um, sure. in addition to what everything else we do. But the, that's the issue again with offer up. It's like, yeah, I want this, I don't know, right. TV, but this is a person that I've never met in philly you know i gotta drive an hour and have to get this whereas with with fetch it's like you find whatever tv you want you know of, of course assuming that there's a tv for sale wherever you're at and then you say you just message the user you say okay where are you at let's meet at the food court because we both go to tcnj same school let's meet somewhere that we that we both know is safe and yeah. it's up to your discretion if you want to you know, if you want to meet at whatever location, we always recommend that people meet on campus. Um, but it's up again, up to the users. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, giving them that option of uh, the security. I, that's the best part. That's what all these other platforms are, I think, are missing. Yeah. And we had, we didn't just, you know, it's not like you just selected your school. We had that whole verification process through your email where you needed your .edu email address. And in addition to that, we had a verification process where we would get the verification and then we actually activate your account once we saw that um, you went to the school that you claimed to go to. And you have to you have to activate it on your end as well, confirm it through your email. Um, so it was a very safe process, I would say. If someone said, let's meet, you know, off campus and it made you feel uncomfortable, then I would just say don't meet, you know, until they said, let's both meet on campus or something. But that's our recommendation. Yeah, definitely. Um, what are some challenges you face with that right now, if any? Right. So, so right now, um, the challenges that we're facing, I'd say, is is actually marketing and expanding because the three partners, so it's myself and two others, uh, the first partner that I mentioned and another one that we eventually brought on um, as our chief technology officer, we all graduated college at this point and we all work full-time jobs and do quite well. Um, and the one thing that, one issue that we're facing, I'd say, is that in order to actually expand to the capacity that we would like to, um, it requires a lot more more time than what we have right now because we all work full-time jobs. 
we all make good money and, and it's it's hard to just give up the cash flow that we have because we all have our own bills and whatnot um whereas with the with the app we don't actually take a profit from it and any profits that we do take or that we could take wouldn't be much because we want the user experience to be as plain and simple as possible we want it to be easy um and that means that that means that we should have less ads it means we should have you know we had a payment vendor that would give us a cut of the pay the company um and that was kind of we kind of realized that it was a hassle for the students the verification process took too long in some cases so we just took it out all together we said we would rather have the smooth experience and focus on actually growing our user base than having something make us a couple dollars here and there so that's kind of where we're at right now we're, we're kind of the planning on next steps seeing where we should take it but right now there's still over 2,000 users on the app and we've been maintaining it so that they can actually still have that experience because a lot of people are are using it and we don't want to just take it away so you mentioned then your other business ventures that you're in did you want to go into that some more describe uh, what exactly you're what else you're involved in and so the one kind of already came up because i said that one of my goals in the next year is to um, own a home and that that wouldn't be just me um I, i'm part of an investment group uh financial group it's basically just all purpose financial investments and it's myself and three others uh we pull our money together and we make investments as one um that way we have more capital than just one person uh, and we're able to make investments that we otherwise may not have been able to make. Um, and we also all have very different skill sets, which I think works to our, to our advantage. Um, you know, some of us are really good in finance. Some of us are really good at real estate and so on and so forth. So putting us together, it, it definitely is beneficial for us. Um, really what we do again, is just invest our money together. So one of the things we invested into is a documentary hopefully gets sold to Netflix or Hulu, you know, one of those streaming services, maybe Amazon. Uh, one thing that we're looking at right now is a house. Like I said, we're looking in, in locations in New Jersey and also Pennsylvania. We're interested in opportunity zones, which are basically portions um, of wherever you're looking to buy the house that are typically in economic distress and they're incentivized. They incentivize investors um, through tax benefits. So, or, or basically we had to pay less taxes at the end of the day, if we buy an opportunity zone, um, what else did we do? Hmm. We're talking about opening up a brokerage account just together as one, um, even though we all have our own brokerage accounts as well. And just for clarification for anyone who might not know brokerage account holds stocks and bonds. So that's where you see like the stock market, uh, where those investments would be in a brokerage account or a mutual fund, something like that. Um, but yeah, so that, that takes up less of my time because it's passive. We make the investments and then we, you know, we do, we do our own thing. Um, even though I do see in the near future, it becoming a little bit less passive and, and requiring a little bit more effort out of all of us. And besides that, there's one more that I just recently got involved with. And it's, um, it's actually, it's, it's unique. I'd say it's, it's hot sauce It's called the bearded dragon hot sauce. Best hot sauce you'll ever try. Oh shit! Oh yeah. So 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 with that, what I'm doing is, uh, I, I obviously help with just the day to day efforts of the company. But I've been one of my main tasks for them is to build the website, the website to actually sell the sauce on. Um, but that's been getting a lot of traction. We have a lot of a lot of people reaching out to us from all over the country. We have people from all over the world honestly russia like everywhere people reaching out to us and they want they want the hot sauce uh they love the hot sauce they love the flavor they love the consistency well the one thing we hear the most is that in addition to just being a hot hot sauce um it actually has flavor we hear it so often where people email us and they say one thing i love thing i noticed right away is that most hot sauces that i try are you know, they have that hot factor, but they don't have as much flavor. Whereas our hot sauce, it's always fresh ingredients. Um, and I think because of that and because of our recipe, um, 
it, it makes for a lot of flavor. That's the biggest thing that I'd say. Like you will be able to tell that you're eating actual peppers. You know, all the you'll you'll taste the garlic, you'll taste the onions, you'll taste everything that goes into the hot sauce. It's amazing. That's going really well. That sounds amazing. It's not just uh, not just hot for hot sake. You're yeah. going to get a little something more with it. Exactly. It's more, I look at it because personally, I actually I've never been a hot sauce guy. One of the reasons, in addition to everything else, that I wanted to actually be a part of this is because I love this hot sauce. Like I once I started putting it on my eggs, which I eat every day, by the way, because my family has chickens. <laughs> so one of the things that I put on my eggs now is the bearded dragon hot sauce, and now I I can't not put it on. The eggs taste so bland without it. So it's just really good. I'd highly recommend it. Just a, a simple plug here, thebeardeddragonhotsauce.com. If you want to go check it out, seven ninety nine. Great stuff. Yeah, I'll check it out. Right yeah, we're just going to bleep all this out. No free ads. <laughs> um, so how do, you, how do you then balance all the stuff you're involved in? What's the, uh, what's the balance like? Um, it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's easy, but fortunately my career – uh, it's pretty flexible. So again, like I said before, my schedule actually revolves around my clients and I can set meetings or depending on when they're available and when I'm available. So if I know that I have to do some work for the hot sauce and make hot sauce or help build this website, then I'm going to set some time. Oh, you know, set some time aside for that and make sure I don't schedule any meetings during that time. So I think if, if I didn't have the career that I had as a, as a financial advisor, financial specialist, I wouldn't be able to do this so easily. Um, and I shouldn't say easily. It's definitely not easy, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the same flexibility that I do now. Right. My career definitely helps out with that. That's uh, certainly fortunate because it sounds like you got a lot on your plate. Yeah, exactly. How do you take advantage of your downtime then? Or is your downtime spent, you know, learning and researching and stuff like that? Honestly, exactly that. I mean, I do like to spend time with friends and family, but I wouldn't say that that's what I do in my downtime. I think what I've especially recently been doing in my downtime is reading. I think reading is so underestimated. It's just the more you know, the more powerful you become. That That's just what I've learned because there's so much you can learn about. There's literally endless. Like you'll never be able to read too much. There's always something else that you can either become better at or you know, increase your knowledge on. And that's what I'm trying to do. So recently it's been reading. I'd say that that's the biggest thing. If I can give you one recommendation, it'd be start reading. Because you can literally read about anything. Like if you, if, if you like business, then read about business. Learn something that, that might benefit you in the future. If you like painting, you could probably find a lot of books on painting and learn new te- techniques, new stroking techniques. <laughs> yeah, I need all the stroking techniques I could get. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the uh, best book out there right now? Um, all right, so I'm just gonna plug it right now. It's not I'm not plugging anything. It's not my book, but I'd say you should read Rich Dad Poor Dad if you haven't read it. No fucking way. Are you serious? Yeah. All right, I'm like halfway through it. It's really That's good. So goddamn funny you just said that. Our last guest, Sanat Ali. I first talked to him like months and months ago, like October, I think. And our first conversation, he's like, you have to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> and it changed my life. <laughs> you, you do. And that book will change your life. It will. Yeah, it's, it's eye-opening. I it's had insane. a meeting actually just That's this so past funny. year with, with somebody who owns many diners, many restaurants, many properties, like a lot of real estate. And the one thing he told me was, have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? And at that point, I hadn't yet. And, and he was like, you should read it. So I read it like three times a year. And I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> I was like, I mean, you're doing pretty well. So I, I guess like, I guess I'll read it. And he was absolutely right. I mean, I, I definitely think I'll be reading it more than once, like more than once a year. It's, it's so good. It's just so insightful. It'll yeah. teach you things that you didn't know before. And, and it gives you two perspectives. I mean, as, Jordan, you know this if you started reading it. Right. It gives you yeah, two perspectives. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically the premise for everyone who has read it um it's the guy robert kiyosaki he grew up with his dad who was very educated but he was very bad with money and his friend his best friend's dad who was not educated but he was you know this business tycoon and 
he was very wealthy in both his bank and knowledge. So he, he gets the two sides of uh, financial uh, – what, what am I trying to say? Literacy, thank you, yes. Yeah, he gets both sides of the coin, and uh, yeah, he obviously takes more from the uh, the rich dad, quote-unquote, um, his best friend's dad, who, who can actually put it into action. Yeah, it, it's – Highly recommend. I mean, we just we were talking earlier, like you should learn something about finance because it helps helps you like in your day to day life. And, and this is a great way to start. Read that book. Just ordered it off of Amazon. So that will be coming for me <laughs> to start reading just now as we were talking about it. I swear. That's I very swear. Yeah. Impressive. Your CV is coming out, coming out. I see it. Wow. That's that's hey, not a good host. You're not even paying attention to the interview. You were I was listening and ordering. I'm a mul- uh, hey dude. You haven't seen my CV. It says at the top, very good at multitasking. How, how so. much was the book, Zach? Five, five bucks. bucks. Look at that. Five dollars to learn so much information. Why wouldn't $5 you do to that? Change your life. Why wouldn't you do that? Seriously. Yeah. It was an e- it was an easy decision. It's a no brainer. Exactly. Even Zach could do it. <laughs> yeah. Even my assistant could think of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Just want to say thanks again for coming on. This was a really uh, really cool chat. Glad we got to do this. Absolutely. I would I would do it again 10 times over. Absolutely. Us too. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll definitely get the opportunity to come on again. Good. For sure. I'm happy to hear yeah. that. Yeah. We want to hear about all the uh, business ventures. Yeah. There's, there's a, lot, a lot cooking up. Great. So, we can't wait to uh, dive in and eat something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Neil. Good we'll joke, talk to you later. Joke. 10 out of 10. <laughs> no, that's all right. You don't have to lie. <laughs> oh, God. All right. All right, dude. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. All right, man. See ya. Bye. Peace. Well, we hope you really enjoyed that uh, interview with our good uh, buddy, Neo. Uh, I know my take on the interview is just for how long we've both known Neo, just seeing how far he's grown as a professional and his in finance and, you know, his passions and these ventures that he's taking is truly admirable to see and see how far he's grown. Uh, Jordan, I don't know what your take is on it. Um, but uh, I truly am astounded of how, how far he's or how much he's grown. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it makes me so happy to hear he's doing so well. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited to see uh, where he takes all these different ventures in the future. Because uh, he's certainly on the right path, it seems like. I'm honestly very considering calling him or texting him up in the next couple of weeks and grabbing him as my financial advisor. And I'm not even joking about that. Like, no, yeah, absolutely. He would be. I mean, you know, he said it in in the interview about how much he likes helping out people that he's known for a very long time. And I think I need help with my finances. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I would, but I have no finances for him to even look at. <laughs> I mean, after a couple more episodes of this podcast, you'll definitely have some more finances. Hey. To, so, um, but we want to jump into a new segment that you people who are listening may have seen on our social platforms. It's called No Business Mailbag. Yes. Um, we just want to thank everyone who uh, wrote into us. And as always, uh, if you'd like to have your questions right on the show uh please feel free to dm us on twitter or instagram at no biz podcast and uh we could have your question right on the air okay so the question that i received was who has a better style jordan or zach oh that's actually a tough one because neither of us has any fucking style yeah i'm about to say <laughs> oh, we both i mean i rock clickbait david dobrik merchant big baller brand so okay I mean, so that that means that... me right even if i'm butt naked okay well that's kind of ignorant because clickbait is a great merch line and big baller brand is iconic so get your merch get your merch uh, i don't know about iconic you're the one who got me one of my one of my big baller brand Ah, that's debatable guy what Ah. do you mean that was a gag gift (laughs) not to me man i've been rocking that dude a side note actually i was in the gym the other day and i was wearing it and one dude came up and dabbed me up and he was like dude big baller brands is the war is the wave dude i and i was 
shook, man. I was like, I, was I thought, I, no, dude, he was not. I mean, unless it was just a funny joke to him personally, but we were talking about like Lonzo and Mello and Jello, everybody, dude. And I was, and then he went back over to his buddy and was like, look at that fucking idiot over there in the big baller brand hoodie. I mean, and honestly, that wouldn't have shook me because triple B's, triple B's. Oh, all right. All right. Okay. Uh, I got a great one. Uh, who is your dream guest to interview? That is an amazing question. <laughs> yeah. Who? I couldn't agree more. Who's Who's yours? For me, dream guest. Um, this is funny because in the beginning, like months ago, <laughs> when we first had the idea of starting a podcast, I told Zach, I was like, dude, make a list of your 10 like dream interviews that you want to do. And so we each made our list of 10. This is a good question, actually. Uh, but if I had to pick one, probably would be, oh man, probably would be Bill Walton. Off the top of my head, probably that's that would be my dream guest. That's a solid one. That dude is fucking so entertaining. It's insane. Watch any interview, any you know coverage that he does. Oh my god, he's electric. I would love to have him on the show. That is a very solid one. How about you? Um, honestly, I totally, com- I completely forgot about that list. So I literally just pulled it up to see who I oh have. <laughs> and, uh, I already mentioned him in this show, but I'm going to have to go with it. My dream guest would be David Dobrik. And I know you're, you'd roast me about that one, but just how he rose to fame and stuff is truly an inspiring story and how much he, you know, works. And keeps consistent. And honestly, a lesson that we can take with this podcast. I was honestly listening to an interview he did the other day. And he said about how how can like you, you know, like to him with the video, like the videos, like his channel, you just have to be consistent and just keep putting it out there. And a time, the right time will come when you get the opportunity to shine. And I honestly think that's a great, great piece of advice. So honestly, my top interview would be David Dobrik. Okay, cool. You can wipe the jizz off of your mouth now. Oh, okay. Well, that's all we got for you today. Um, Jordan kind of just ruined the momentum I had going, <laughs> but um, we uh, really appreciate you guys listening every week. Um, stay with us on this journey. It's going to be a long one, but it's going to be a rewarding one, and we're going to keep bringing you the best content we can every week. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, anything Like we always say, it's, it can only get better, so just keep sticking around. New episodes every dropping every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere you listen to your podcast, you're most likely going to find no business. Yeah, absolutely. And follow us on socials, uh, like I mentioned, at No Biz Podcast. Uh, fill out the survey, which is going to be on our socials following the episode. S- um, send in fan mail questions to the no business mailbag of course you've seen that we're going to keep doing that segment and we love the questions keep bringing them in and keep sending in feedback yeah because that again it just helps us help you so it benefits all of us so for my co-host zach see you next week